0: Welcome, welcome, welcome into Moments of Genius here on CMRU.ca by students for you. My name is Peter Roman and this is the 10th episode of the quarantine edition of my show. My show is action jam-packed with stuff today and I know normally I've been starting with my COVID-19 sports news update. That's going to be my third segment today with my live sports update as the second one. But I'm going to start today with the NHL playoff preview, because hockey is back, and I'm so excited. Hockey returns August 1st in Edmonton and Toronto. And there was some not-so-great news coming out of Edmonton this past week. Rogers' place got kind of flooded during a big storm that happened in Edmonton. And so thankfully, it didn't appear to be that bad it was just like one of the main floors that got some water in it and stuff like that and so it looks like it shouldn't be a problem and especially since fans aren't attending it you know doesn't seem too too concerning but nonetheless optically doesn't look spectacular the fact that this happened but Edmonton Toronto look to be a go for August 1st and I'm very excited teams should be arriving in both hub cities this week. So for any of you who might not be hundred percent familiar with the way the NHL is doing their return to play it's a little bit different than some of the other leagues so the way they're doing this is that they've brought 24 teams into their restart and the top four teams in each conference get a buy into the quote official first round of the playoffs now the reason I say quote is because even though they're calling the what the rest of the teams are doing the play-in round, it looks, it smells, it feels, it tastes exactly like a playoff series. So I'm calling the unofficial first round the actual first round because it kind of is the first round of the playoffs. And then it's kind of the unofficial second round of the playoffs when the top four teams in each conference will rejoin type of thing. In the meantime the top four will be playing in a seeding round and so just as an example you have in the western conference the st louis blues the colorado avalanche the vegas golden knights and the dallas stars they'll each play each other in a round robin group stage type of scenario and whoever ends up in first place will get the number one seed in the west whoever ends up in second will be second third fourth etc and it's the same thing in the east with the Boston Bruins, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Washington Capitals, and the Philadelphia Flyers. So that's kind of what they're playing for. It'll be really interesting to see in the seeding games with the top four teams as to how serious they want to take them. Because on one hand, it does make sense to, you know, try and win these games and go all out so you can get the number one seed and theoretically get an easier opponent in the actual first round that these guys will play. But there is another line of thinking where if you're a team like Colorado or like Vegas or Dallas, maybe you want to just ease your best players into this series. Maybe you don't want to just throw them immediately into the fire and you know risk injury or something like that when you could potentially look to play some younger players, get them some more minutes, ease your best players back into it, and then that way they are... In better shape they're better prepared for when the games get really serious so that'll be something interesting to monitor as far as the players who have opted out there are a handful that chose not to join the restart Steven Kampfer of the Boston Bruins will not be joining them Travis Hamannick of the Calgary Flames also made the choice to not go to the restart Roman Polak of the Dallas Stars Mike Green of the Edmonton Oilers Carl Alsner of the Montreal Canadiens and Sven Berchi of the Vancouver Canucks so those are the players who won't be taking part in the restart and first of all to any of the players who did decide to opt out I have nothing negative to say about that I mean that's completely a choice they made that they felt was the best for themselves their families and so I really have nothing against making that decision what I was happy to see though Is that none of there aren't like an overwhelming number of players who decided to opt out? And the players who did, and that's no offense to any of the guys I just listed, but none of them are exactly, you know, top level superstars in the NHL. And so, from that perspective, it's kind of nice to see that all the best players are still gonna be there. And so, the talk of an asterisk can hopefully be put aside for the restart but anyway on to the playoff series there's a whole bunch in the quote play in round unofficial first round and so I'm gonna go through every single one break it down and give you my early prediction for who I think is gonna win and I'll start with my very own Calgary Flames who are taking on the Winnipeg Jets in the eight versus nine matchup in the Western Conference now Calgary and Winnipeg have had kind of up and down seasons, to say the least. The Flames, after finishing first place in the Western Conference a year ago, and then getting bounced by Colorado in the first round, have been inconsistent and have dealt with a lot of, a lot of problems this season, a lot of uncertainties, and a lot of just unexpected events. So there was the whole Bill Peters incident where it came out about how he treated former former hockey player Akeem Alou terribly and said some horrible racial slurs to him, and so that ended up making Bill Peters lose his job, and in my opinion, rightfully so. However, of course, anytime you lose a head coach in the middle of the season it does become a little more challenging. Although Jeff Ward, who's been the Flames interim coach, I think has done a pretty good job, especially considering all the circumstances around this team. And then, of course, TJ Brody uh, in the season, he ended up having a, a terrible medical incident on the ice and fainted, of course, which was extremely scary. Thankfully, Brody is okay and... He obviously did rejoin the team before the whole shutdown and stuff like that. And he was actually playing pretty well when he did come back for the Flames. So the Calgary's dealt with a lot this year. So I think the break might be a good thing for them. But obviously with the Flames, it has there's a lot of question marks around, can this team perform in the playoffs? And I thought the answer was yes a year ago. And the answer might legitimately be no. Because Johnny Goudreau was really good in his rookie season against Vancouver and against Anaheim. And then he was pretty bad against the Ducks in 2017. And he followed that up with just a terrible, terrible performance against Colorado a year ago. Like, it was just... Johnny Gaudreau had three breakaways in Game 5 against Colorado and somehow proceeded to miss each one progressively worse than the last. So, he has a lot to prove, I think. Matthew Kachuk is another guy who I think has gotten a pass because he's, you know, pretty, he's one of the younger players on the team. But Kachuk hasn't really showed up in either playoff series he's been in so far. It's time for him to step up. Elias Lindholm played his first ever playoff series a year ago, so again, I think he got a little bit of a pass, but another guy probably needs to step up. Sean Monahan was terrible last year, but was actually the Flames, in my opinion, their best player in 2017 against the Ducks. He scored four goals in four games, so Monahan, I'm just kind of hoping he can find what he had a few years ago, as opposed to whatever went on with him last year. And then... Mark Giordano, too. He's another guy who certainly is not absolved of blame from a year ago in the meltdown against Colorado. So, there's a lot to go on here for the Flames big players. There's a lot riding on this, I think, for them to step up and play well. I'm not saying they have to win, but these guys cannot be no-shows again. If they no-show in the playoffs again, there's serious questions I have with the core of this group. But... The biggest question, of course, I think, for the Flames going in, other than that, is their goaltending because David Riddick, in my opinion, has more than earned the playoff starting game one against the Winnipeg Jets. There's a lot of people though that are have. There's a lot of people that have differing opinions though, as Cam Talbot certainly seems to have a lot of favor with some people, and I'm not saying Cam Talbot, you know, hasn't played well because he did rebound I think very nicely especially if you think about what Talbot did after December I think he was a much better goalie for the flames and you could argue that he certainly played better down the stretch than David Riddick did but with the break it's hard not to go to your number one Riddick's been the number one guy for Calgary he's played more games this year I think he's more than earned his shot And he played really well this year, too. I know his numbers dipped off a little bit after the new year. But you can't deny how good he was in October, in November, when he was maybe the Flames' best player (laughs) during that time. So, to me, I think Riddick deserves the start. But, of course, this is a five-game series. It's a short leash to me, where I think if Riddick starts Game 1 and plays terribly, I think you make the switch immediately. But that's just my opinion. It will be very interesting to see what Jeff Ward decides to do with the Flames' goaltending situation. For the Winnipeg Jets, meanwhile, their goaltending situation is very, very secure because they have Connor Halibut, who is a finalist for the Vesna Trophy, for the league's best goalie of the season. And he, there, there's no way Hallibuck doesn't play every single game for the Jets. So... That's kind of nice that they kind of have a guy that they trust going into this series. Winnipeg also has a lot of playoff experience, but of course, their defense has taken a beating, having lost Jacob Truba in the summer, and of course, with the whole Dustin Bufflin issue throughout the year. And so, the Jets will be relying a lot on a forward group that has certainly proven themselves more than once. Kyle Connor. Mark Scheifele, Blake Wheeler, Leine, Ehlers, all will be relied on very heavily going into this series against the Calgary Flames. Josh Morrissey on defense, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy's playing about half an hour every single game. They're going to rely on him quite a lot defensively, especially against the Flames, presumably top unit that I think will be together in Lindholm, Goudreau, and Monaghan. So overall, very evenly matched series. And it's tough because, of course, I have Calgary Flames bias. And it's a funny thing for me because when I tend to pick against my teams, they tend to win a lot. But I'm going to pick my team to win. I think Calgary will win in five games. This might just be my Flames colored glasses talking, but I do think they will slightly edge out the Winnipeg Jets, who, by the way, if they won, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think this is a very evenly matched series. I think it's going to go the distance, and I think Calgary will just be a little bit better thanks to their definitely improved blue line over Winnipeg. All right, on to the other Western Conference series. The Edmonton Oilers take on the Chicago Blackhawks, and to me, this one feels very mismatched because this is not the Chicago team that won three cups in six years. This is an older Blackhawks team with not as much depth and not as much high-end talent because their guys have aged out a little bit. And the Edmonton Oilers have some defensive issues, have some questions in goal, but have Leon Dreisaitl, who's won the Art Ross Trophy, and they have Connor McDavid, who's probably the best player in hockey. So, and not to mention, too, I think it's also worth mentioning that the Oilers will be on their own... They'll be in their own arena on their own ice. And even though it might not be their own fans, in a short series where the Oilers are used to playing on that ice, I think that could be certainly something that makes a little bit of a difference for them. And so I'm going to say the Oilers win this one in four games over Chicago. Chicago, I think, is trying to do a pretty good reload um, with their current core trying to be supported by a new core they're trying to build but it's a little too soon for me this season. So I think the Oilers will go on to the official first round. Vancouver, meanwhile, takes on Minnesota. This one, again, to me, very evenly matched and very interesting because Minnesota has a lot of experience with many playoff runs in this group. Ryan Suter is going to be relied on again very heavily, but this is kind of a, you know star the stars of like 2015 type of Minnesota wild team Zach Parise Eric Stahl of course Ryan Suter he's still really good by the way I should mention that as well but Miko Koivu still on this team and so very interesting kind of group there Minnesota has but Vancouver I think has a lot more talent I just when I look at the Canucks they have next to nothing in experience outside of JT Miller and, of course, Tyler Toffoli. But this is a Canucks team with extremely high-end talent. Quinn Hughes is... I don't know if he's going to win Rookie of the Year, but I would certainly probably lean towards him, in my opinion, as far as him winning Rookie of the Year. I think he's been spectacular at scoring 53 points in 68 games. Bo Horvat, Elias Pettersson give the Canucks some tremendous high end talent and Brock Besser he'll be back. He's he was going to be injured going into the playoffs initially and so I think it's a big boost getting him back. And so I'm going to lean slightly Vancouver and say the Canucks win in 5 as much as that hurts as a Flames fan. And then the Predators and the Coyotes. So Nashville Again, it's a team that seems to be aging out a little bit, especially with their current core. But they do have a tremendous defense, but they have questions in goal as well. And Arizona kind of loaded up. And you know what? Arizona is kind of a sneaky team here because they're tremendous defensively. And if Phil Kessel and Taylor Hall can step up and score enough goals for this team... I kind of like the Coyotes. I'm calling the upset. I think it's going to be a five-game series, and I think Arizona's going to just edge the Nashville Predators. I'm calling the upset. Coyotes in five. To the Eastern Conference. The Montreal Canadiens take on the Pittsburgh Penguins in what I think is the most lopsided series of them all because outside of Carey Price, I don't see anything that could possibly, in any way, dictate the Montreal Canadiens winning this series. Pittsburgh just has better players up and down the roster. And even though Montreal might have a better goalie, Matt Murray's certainly no slouch. And I just... Montreal, to me, has always been playing above their weight. Because I think this is a team that's not very talented, but just really well coached. And Pittsburgh is a team that is just a cup contender. I think Pittsburgh, them. Pittsburgh in three. I don't think it'll be that close. Carolina and the New York Rangers is the next series I want to mention. So this one, I really like where the Rangers are going. I think the Rangers at this point in their rebuild, I think they're very much on the right track. And they do have some players who could certainly make this an interesting series. And they might have the best goaltending trio in hockey as far as they will not be short of goaltending options if they need it carolina though were in the eastern conference final a year ago and i just love ferovainen and Aho together the two of them i know their finish which obviously partially my bias but the two of them were so good in leading carolina to the east final a year ago and i expect them to have pretty good success against the Rangers so I'm gonna say the hurricanes win this one in four the Islanders taking on the Panthers I'm calling the upset here I'm gonna say Carol sorry um I'm going to say that Florida the Florida Panthers win in five games over the New York Islanders I really like the Islanders coaching but again it feels like they're a team that plays a little bit above their weight and for Florida they got Joel Quenville who has just a load of experience in coaching with Chicago and then Barkov Huberto Ekblad I really like their high-end players and I think the Florida Panthers are gonna surprise some people so I'm gonna say Panthers in five and then finally the Leafs and the Blue Jackets which I know TSN and Sportsnet will cover extensively in the lead-up to this and in fact they already kind of have but as far as my thoughts I think Toronto has better players, but I think Columbus plays better as a team. And so that kind of makes it a little bit tricky, but especially considering they're coming off the restart, we're not sure how sharp every team is going to be. I think Toronto's going to just get the better of Columbus. I'm going to say Leafs win in five games to advance to the first round. So those are my predictions. That's just a bit of a preview for the NHL playoffs. Starts. August 1st. On to my live sports update. The NWSL quarterfinals. North Carolina Courage, the team that did not lose in the knockout stages, they're out because Christine Sinclair's Portland Thorns defeated them thanks to a ridiculous goaltending performance. And can I just say the I think the overall storyline of the NWSL quarterfinals was that goalies make a huge difference in soccer. Because Eckersley was easily the best player in the win for Portland. And then Houston Campbell made three saves in the shootout to knock out Utah. And Sheridan was fantastic for Sky Blue against Washington. And then Alyssa Nair, another standout performance as Chicago beat it. As Chicago beat, sorry, Olympic Leon Rain. So, it was really the round of goal, round of goalies, and a lot of upsets. Houston are probably now the de facto favorite to win the thing. They play Portland on Wednesday, and then it's uh, New Jersey and Chicago squaring off in the other semifinal. With the final set July twenty sixth on CBS, CBS's actual regular channel, which I think is fantastic for the National Women's Soccer League. Meanwhile, in the MLS, the MLS's back tournament is getting down to the nitty gritty in the group stages as we've had Philadelphia, Orlando, Columbus, Portland, San Jose, Seattle all clinch a spot in the round of 16. Inter Miami are eliminated as Orlando and Philadelphia are through in Group A with NYCFC having to wait and see as to whether or not they're going to be one of the best third place teams. In Group B, San Jose, like I said, is through. Seattle is through. And so Chicago plays Vancouver in the final match. Vancouver would need a win and a little bit of help to get in on goal difference, potentially. Chicago, with a win, would go through to the round of 16. TFC had a thrilling match with the Montreal Impact, in which they won by a pretty insane amount of goals. TFC and Montreal tend to play Very, very exciting matches. And so Toronto is not mathematically through, but pretty secure, I think. And New England Revolution as well. And then DC United and Montreal will play each other with a loser being eliminated from the tournament. In Group D, Real Salt Lake and Minnesota sitting in pretty comfortable positions with four points each after two games. Sporting Kansas City and Colorado... Certainly not looking too great at the moment with both of them likely needing results in their final match to go through. In Group E, Columbus is perfect 2-0 with six goals for, none conceded. New York Red Bulls and FC Cincinnati both have three points and will definitely need results in their final matches to help secure a knockout stage place atlanta united aren't quite done but need a win and a lot of help to get through to the round of 16 and then finally in group f la galaxy certainly on the ropes with a minus five goal difference i don't love their chances of being able to sneak in as a third place team houston dynamo have one point so they'll need a win to get into the round of 16 but then portland looking really good lafc should also advance so that's the mls update to european soccer the fa cup arsenal beat manchester city in the semifinals and i couldn't believe it i'm still a little bit in shock about that the biggest thing here first of all it was a fantastic result for arsenal but the second thing is that they cannot think that this means that nothing needs to change because they can't get complacent and thinking oh we beat man city we don't you know we're gonna win the title next year that's not true but it is I think a good sign that Arsenal, I think, have the right guy in charge. I think Mikel Arteta has certainly proven himself a very good manager in his short time at Arsenal. The key is, can they get him the players for them to eventually win trophies other than the FA Cup? Like, win the big trophies like the league and the Champions League and stuff like that. So, we'll have to wait and see. Chelsea beat Man United, and so it's Arsenal and Chelsea, all London affair, at Wembley in the final for the FA Cup. In the Premier League, it's Leicester City falling apart. Man United have to play on Wednesday. They get West Ham United. If Manchester United win by a significant difference, then the final match between Leicester and Man United will mean not a lot for United because they'll have to essentially just not get blown out by Leicester in order to secure a place in the top four. Chelsea play Liverpool on Wednesday, which is certainly no easy feat, but a win for them would secure a place in the top four and Champions League for next season. In Serie A, meanwhile, teams are trying to make it close with a few match days remaining, with Juventus dropping some points and they play Lazio today, but sadly it would still be at best a five-point gap And I still don't see Juventus dropping that. And in La Liga, Real Madrid have been declared champions for the first time in the last few years, as they beat Villarreal 2-1 to secure a La La Liga title, their first in the last several seasons, considering Barcelona has tended to dominate the league. And Zinedine Zidane is just... He, you know, in a weird way, Zidane might be the most underrated manager in like professional football and that's just Zidane all he does is win trophies that's all the guy does so full credit to Real Madrid for a fantastic season for Barcelona it's a little bit back to the drawing board for them and I might have a more in-depth look at them in a later show and finally the COVID-19 sports news update there wasn't a lot to talk about this week But the Toronto Blue Jays were denied playing home games in Toronto this week, so they'll probably have to play in Buffalo. I think it's a good move because Major League Baseball is trying to have teams travel and play games. And unlike the other leagues that are trying to do bubble stuff, I don't know. I I have my doubts about baseball. And I'm not really a baseball fan. I just have doubts about the format they're trying to do it in, essentially. The Canadian Premier League will hopefully have an announcement eventually at some point. There's been reporting from one soccer that it's getting close, but sadly still no announcement at this point. So hopefully that'll ha- come sometime this week. And NFL training camps are supposed to start here pretty soon and some of the players are kind of concerned cuz the NFL has sat on its hands and not done a whole lot as far as addressing health and COVID-19 concerns. So that'll be another story to monitor throughout the upcoming week. Anyway, that's it. That's all I got. I know it's a little bit of a longer show today, but I wanted to really dive in to the NHL playoffs. And so I hope you're excited as I am for August 1st. Hockey is coming back. And once again, I want to thank everyone for listening in today. And again, be happy, be healthy, and stay safe, everybody.